Morning. Hey, I think I'm loud enough. This is great. Well, I got several things I want to share beginning, and that is, first of all, thank you for all those who came out yesterday and worked on the uh, first annual spring cleaning. I like to consider it a purge. It was great. Throwing stuff away that's been here since 1913. It was awesome. Or, well, almost 1913. So, anyway, uh, calendars are available out on the uh, entryway desk. So, that would be great if you could grab one of those to find out what's coming up uh, for April. Also, too, don't forget uh, to plan ahead. On uh, August 5th through 7th, we're having the bins meeting up there at Irish and Taylor Lake. It's a great place to go. Good fishing. Uh, good shooting, good uh, uh, hiking. Uh, Scott and I and, and Elijah always take a hike. So this next year I'm determined that we're going to hike and get to the top of the Pacific Crest Trail right above uh, Dennis Lake there. And there's a picture in the uh, uh, calendar of an actual panoramic view of the three sisters from Dennis Lake. It's pretty, pretty amazing. So anyway, hope that you can make it. So Look at your schedule so you can get the time off, and it would be a great blessing. We already have two preachers uh, that are going to be up there, uh, our own Brad McKinney, and uh, I'm really excited for TJ. TJ Winningham's going to be preaching, and uh, I'll tell you what, the message he has is really powerful. Uh, he's been working on it. He's been sharing it with me, and I'll tell you what, trusting God when things are impossible overwhelming uh, is so important for us to understand that. And, and he has a message and a story to tell. So I'm pretty excited about that particular message. So if you can make it, that would be awesome. And let's say I had a couple other things. I got a clipboard here. Uh, we want to update the uh, directory for the, the church body. Uh, several new families, praise the Lord. Uh, and one thing I would like to ask, and Sharon has put it on here so graciously, is would you please let me know what's the best way to contact you? Uh, is it Pony Express? Is it uh, Carrier Pigeon? Is it what? What's the best way to uh, get a hold of you uh, when we send out messages and stuff like that? So that would be great. So I'm going to start right over here. If everything looks great, just put a little check mark by your your uh, your family name. Check uh, birthdays and things like that. Hopefully that hasn't changed. Hey, we do have a couple birthdays today, by the way, that we're going to be singing. And uh, Jeff is here this morning. Jeff, it's great to see you. Jeff Sharon was skipping the other day when it was his birthday, so we didn't get to sing to him. So we're going to sing to Jeff this morning. Don't let me forget that, Jeff. Also, to Jamie Bamford, we're singing to you. Yes, we are. And uh, Von Halstead, uh, we're going to be singing to Von Halstead. And so anybody else got a birthday coming up this week? No? Okay. All right, we got some good uh, uh, notes of encouragement. Tiffany C., so thankful for your love of God and your desire to please God. You are a sweet blessing. And I would say amen to that one. There you go. Give it up for Tiffany. Woohoo! Awesome. Awesome. Eric Johnson, I really appreciate the spiritual depth that is evident when you teach. Also, your compassionate heart. And I give an amen to that one. Let's give it up for Eric Johnson. That's awesome. I may have teased Jeff D. about choosing 
two songs I may have stumbled on, but Jeff prepared a lesson for the adult Bible class, Lord's Supper Meditation, and chose the songs for the bulletin. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Let's go up for Jeff. All right, that's that's great. Uh, some of the announcements I wanted to get to also, too, is there an ice cream social coming up, and you might want to write it down on your calendars. An ice cream social on June 18th, Friday, June 18th. That's my birthday. Awesome! We will have a little piece of ice cream with a candle on it. How's that sound? Only if you show up, though. So, uh, June 18th, we are going to have uh, our ice cream social, and the location is to be assigned... Uh, we will see how things shake out, uh, and we'll let you know. But we have a meeting today right after assembly. For those who are involved in, in putting packages or gifts together, those door prizes, not door prizes, uh, would be, uh, what would they be called? Raffle gifts or something like that. And uh, those are going to be working on the marketing and, and all that stuff. So uh, we sent a message out to those who have worked uh, tirelessly over the years. But if you want to also participate this year in the, all the fun preparations, uh, if you'd like to be at the meeting today, it's only going to be half an hour. It's going to be very fast. It's going to be in the classroom after I get done preaching. And let's see, uh, tomorrow night, college age group, uh, dinner, 545. And uh, if you can make it for dinner, that'd be great, because i got a few changes coming up uh, based upon new folks desiring to come out and, and participate with this. Uh, Wednesday evening assembly is at the parks one more time, and then it's going to transition over to Tamara's place next month. Uh, ladies study this Thursday. We on? Are you on? I should say. Ladies are on? Good. And then uh, let's see. Sunday, April 4th, there's a Bible class teacher's a teacher and assistant uh, meeting, and uh, little notes were uh, handed out by Melissa. So if you would make yourself available after assembly next Sunday, that would be great. All right, are there any other announcements before we sing to Jeff and to Jamie and to uh, uh, a young man, Vaughn, who's turning 16, but he looks like he's about 20. So, okay, 24? <laughs> okay, there you go, man. Yes. Oh, it's the 11th. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I misquoted on that one. Okay. Next week is Resurrection Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, Resurrection Day. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Also, um, I'd just like to shout out to uh, Evan, our youngest helper yesterday. He was Ooh. just really on it, really yes. very helpful and eager and willing. Uh, if you were here yesterday, Evan was everywhere doing all things. Even some things I'm not sure he could physically do, but he just willed it to happen. So anyway, that was a great job, Ed. Awesome. So, okay. Yes. Wait, now, Floyd, you haven't shared with me what you want to announce, so we can talk about it later. We've talked about this. Oh, okay. You may be seated. That's fine. Did you research it? I have not. There has been suggestion that both vitamin C and aspirin help stop COVID. Now you need to do your own research. I have been taking vitamin C like a fiend. I haven't done the aspirin, but vitamin C. Now I have done some background work on vitamin C, but you might want to do your own background work. 
there's a whole bunch of stuff about COVID out there, so you have to be kind of careful on how you work through that stuff. So there's some uh, interesting fake news, and uh, there's some interesting real news. So just so you know. So we're going to sing happy birthday. Are you ready? 24 years old. That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> in, a, in a 16-year-old body. That's awesome. All right. Uh, what? You're, you're 24 too? All right. And Jeff, you're just 20? I'm 24. 24. That's amazing, isn't it? Here we go. Many times. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. Let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 6. Experiencing the great hope that God offers now through his promises and his provision. In Hebrews in chapter 6, I love this passage of scripture and you probably know because I've read it several times. One of the great passages in the New Testament about hope. Hebrews chapter 6, and we're going to begin there in verse uh, 10. Hebrews 6 and verse 10. you got to find it here in this little print. Somebody was saying that their eyes, was it you, Eric? You said your eyes are gone. Mine are gone. So here we go. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in ministering and in, in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And once again, I would like you to turn to 1 Timothy uh, this morning. And I, this is really the theme verse for this morning's lesson. Hope in the present is based upon our being willing to trust God in what he says and live it in the present to be blessed in the present. So take a look, verse 17 through 19. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, we want to ask that you would help us to realize that hope now is experienced now as we trust you and we follow through on the promises that you have made. And Lord God, we're going to look at a couple promises that you have made to your people this morning, one from the book of Psalms and one from uh, the book of Proverbs. And although those are Old Testament passages, Father, they speak to the man or the woman who will trust you and do what you call them to do. 
Now, Father, how oftentimes, even as our brother um, Jeff has said, that we do our own things and then the guilt comes. And we handle that guilt in a whole sorts of different ways. It, it motivates us sometime to, to put on a bravado and a, and a false sense of confidence because of the things we've done. Sometimes it crushes us so that we're, we're ineffective in anything or everything. Sometimes it brings great depression and discouragement. But Father, how awesome it is to know that in Christ Jesus, if we have been set free through the blood of the Lamb, that Lord God, we can hear your promises, respond to them, and be blessed by them in this life right now. And so, Father, that will continue to build our hope. We look at at how you have worked with people in the past, and you've promised and fulfilled your promises. And so now, Father, for us, we ask that like them, right now today, when we hear your word, as we read it, and we see a promise that you make, that we would go forth in faith with great hope and trust, knowing that you cannot lie, and when you make a promise, you cannot break it, that we can experience the great and awesome blessings of these promises right now, which will prepare our hearts and strengthen us to persevere in the times ahead so that we'll receive the great and awesome salvation, the redemption of our body, soul, and spirit on the last day. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. I want to read once again 1 Timothy and chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. This is an amazing passage that really does address those who in this life are rich or wealthy. And by any standard of measure, the vast majority of Americans are extremely wealthy. You don't have to go too far out of country to realize how well the, Amer- the average American has it compared to the average some other person from some other country. And so we are deeply rich in things, in temporal prosperity. But is that where we should put our hope? Let's read this once again. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited, arrogant, or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed, that which is life abundant, that which is real life. Sadly, I know so many parents uh, in past and even in present and I'm not necessarily saying anybody here, but I've seen it so often times that parents will give their kids everything in this world, but they won't give them their love and their time and their concern. And, and so the kid grows up with stuff, but never that which is most important, never that which is eternal, and that is life and life in Christ. And so it's important for us to recognize where do you put your hope? You have to ask yourself that question. What do you truly trust in? As as Jeff was saying, you know, you put your trust in the stock market. I think you're saying that either this morning during Bible class or this morning during Lord's Supper, but you put your trust in that, you're going to be freaking out every few months, sometimes more than once a day, you know, depending on, if you put your 
hope in things in this world, you'll always be disappointed. Always be disappointed at some time or another. And so it's important for us to recognize what do you put your hope in? Ask that yourself that question. And a, a, a better question would be, what do you trust in? What do you put your trust in? Be careful because in this life, most things and most people will let you down. They'll let you down. And trust is broken. How many know that the word faith, one of the most important component parts of faith is trust? Conviction of what is true, trusting what is true so much that you're willing to change the way you live because you trust it so much. In fact, we talk about a husband or a wife being faithful. And, and uh, then we talk also about unfaithful. And so a, a husband or wife that's faithful is true to their word, to their promises, to their vows. The one who is not decides they want to do something else other than fulfill that promise. And it's wonderful and such a rich blessing when they do follow through and are trustworthy, but it's such a gut-wrenching heart-wrenching experience when it isn't that way. It's important for us to understand that hope is also built on trust. Would you go off to work if you didn't trust your employer was going to pay you? How many times would you continue to go to work if your, pay, your employer said, oh, I forgot to pay you. I'll, I'll, I'll get you next week and I'll double down next week, okay? So give me another week and then I'll pay you. And you're going, okay, one more week, man, one more week and then I'm done. But if they paid you and they paid you not all of it, but some of it, they still broke trust, didn't they? How long would you work there? How long would you not be looking for another job? See, we go to work because we trust we're going to get something from that, right? So we persevere. We need to recognize and understand that trust is critical in hope. That's why it's important to look in the past to what God has promised and how he's fulfilled that. And then take a look at what he promises for you today, right now, and then you embrace that and follow through. If you'll do this, this is how I will bless you. We need to recognize and understand that hope then is built upon trust as well. And finally, as we talked about, love is based upon trust. Can you build a deep an abiding and intimate relationship with anyone if you are not trustworthy or they are not trustworthy? What's the answer? The answer, of course, is what? Of, of course not. Trust is a critical piece, and you're going to hear that come up today in the scriptures and in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms. Trust the Lord, trust the Lord, trust the Lord, and he will. It's all over the place. In other words, put your hope in his promises and he will follow through. By the way, I've had people say, you know, I've read the Bible before and I've done what the Bible says and life has been absolutely miserable. So God must not be following through on his promises. Maybe there's a lesson that you need to learn there. Maybe he wants you to learn a lesson in the challenges and difficulties. I hear people say that all the time. Why would God do this if he loved me? Well, you know what? My dad used to spank me because he loved me. And I'm really glad he did. And you know, sometimes he'd say, well, I'm just going to spank you for what you might do today. And he'd laugh. And of course, we never were sure if that was true or not. But you know what? I tell you what, I should have gotten spanked a lot more than I did. 
So I did get away with a lot. But the reality is, is I realized there was a standard. The problem is, is that nobody today has any kind of standard. They just do whatever they want to do. And that's why we have problems today. So God is willing to discipline you. Read Romans chapter 12. You can trust God when things are tough in your life. He's trying to teach you a lesson. What's the lesson? It might be that you have, as Jeff said once again, you have a heart that's been deceived and you thought you were doing perfectly when in fact you weren't. You were doing what you wanted to do rather than what God wanted to do. And he's trying to teach you a lesson. Change what you're doing and truly follow through with the promises I've made. Now let's get right into the lesson. Take a look at point number one there in your lesson sheet. And for those of you who are, are looking at home, I hope that you got a lesson sheet online. And so the first point, are you hopeful or hopeless? Are you hopeful or hopeless? And take a look at the scripture there in uh, the hopeless category. Hopeless. Are you focused on things in this world? Well, I'll tell you what, Matthew chapter 6, the Lord Jesus tells you, hey, you're going to set up for a fall if you put your hope in things in this life. And, and you know, the Lord talks about this a lot. So Matthew chapter 9, uh, excuse me, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 uh, gives that little statement there that's so powerful. Do not store up your, for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. If you're so focused on this life and what this life can provide, I guarantee one thing, and we looked at it here not too long ago on Sunday night, is that when you die, you can't take it with you. So even if you gain all the world's wealth and you have it all, you can't take it with you. They're saying, well, I had a good run. Well, if that was your God, that's what you put your hope in, that's all you get. You don't get anything else. So it's important for us to recognize if we're really working our brains out for the stuff in this world and you're not putting God first, there's going to be problems down the road because you put your hope in something that is not eternal. But let's take a look at another passage in the book of Matthew. Turn to Matthew chapter 12. And Jesus uses a parable here, a very powerful parable. And I think oftentimes, you know, we see people uh, in the world, sadly, uh, that are struggling uh, in this way. And so take a look here, Matthew and chapter, oh, I, I don't think I got the right, to, right chapter. Uh, I say chapter 12 and verse um, 15. I'm looking for the parable of the man who makes all sorts of grain and wonderful stuff in his, let's see, where is it? Is it 13? Ah, oh, thank you. Yes, thank you, 13. So change that in your lesson plans. Matthew 13, verses 15 through 21. Here's what Jesus says. He says, for whoever has to him more shall be given, and he will have, um, I'm not sure if that's the right one. No, it's the one where the guy gets a lot of grain and he builds new barns and he's saying how amazing he was. Anybody remember that one's at? That's okay, we gotta read this one. So let's work on it together, gang.
Luke 12. Let's check it out. Luke 12. Thank you. Appreciate it. So for those of you who are listening online, it's Luke chapter 12, and uh, we're going to begin in verse uh, 15. Then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. Now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Man, I'll tell you, there's a million lessons in that one, isn't there? How many know people that went to bed and woke up on the other side of eternity? How many know people like that? Meaning they died in their sleep. Now you don't know the day or the hour. I've known people that were seemed exceedingly healthy two at least, that went to sleep and they did not wake up. One was a Christian, one was not. Now, I'm not to judge, but this person never received Jesus as Lord that I'm aware of, the person that did not. The person that did, I had the privilege of teaching and sharing and bringing this person to a saving knowledge of Christ, immersing her into Christ, and then she went to sleep one night and didn't wake up. But only on the other side were angels beckoned her home. You see, it's important for us to recognize and understand you can have all the stuff in the world and you put your hope in all the stuff in the world. Now, I'm talking about worldly relationships as well. Now, I work hard at being a good husband for my wife, but she would be the first one in line. I don't think she'd ever be in the line, but I, she could be. She'd be the first one to say, man, Bill has dropped the ball consistently. Now, I know she's a good wife. She wouldn't do that. But the reality is that she probably knows more about my flub-ups and my failings than anybody else. But she does understand one thing, that she is the most important person in my life, and I am striving to be the very best husband I can be. And so, consistently, I'm avoiding things and embracing her. And so, how important that is. It's critical then we recognize and understand that even in that relationship, the relationship can become shaky. So we need to put our hope in God. If we don't put our hope in God, then we're not going to trust in his promises. And if we don't trust in his promises, brethren, we're not going to follow through when he says, if you do this, I will bless you this way. I don't know about you, but when you see a promise in there from God, you follow through on that promise. You know, Bill, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And it's happened consistently for me. I, I'd flub up a lot when I was a younger Christian because I didn't necessarily know the promises, nor if I read them, did I follow through on them. But now as I've been reading and consistently looking for the promises of God, when I read them, I'll process them, 
And then I'll say, what does that look like in my life? How, what does it look like in my relationships and in what I do for others and what I do for the Lord? And the promise will be fulfilled. What do we know about God? Two things. He can't lie and he can't break a promise. It's not in his nature. So if he promises, he will follow through. And if you think he hasn't followed through, the problem's not on him. The problem is on you. Whether you are doing something that you're not even aware of, that your heart is so deceived that you can't see that you're doing something contrary to God, or you don't recognize that he's doing something for you to help you understand he is the Lord and he knows what's best for you. Now look at the second one, being hopeful things from God. Look at Matthew chapter 6, but let's look at verse 20. That's the, the positive side of what he said there in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. So Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there was a promise made this morning in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Did you catch it? Did you see the promise there? Go back to the promise there. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Here's Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, telling the young man Timothy, now you teach these things, man. Teach these to those people who are rich in this life. Well, what does he say? Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. All things are given by God for us to enjoy. Now, can I ask you a question? How many, how many have ever had somebody give you something that was planned and intended to be given to you and you were frustrated because it wasn't what you wanted? Anybody ever have that before? I'll tell you what, I remember making Christmas lists. Back in the day when we didn't have uh, the little internet, we got JCPenney Christmas Catalog. Now that just tells you how old, now the older folks are smiling, the younger folks are going, what's that? <laughs> right? See, he's looking, what are you talking about? A catalog? A JC, what's JCPenney? It sounds contagious. So a, a JCPenney catalog is a Christmas catalog. And I'm telling you what, man, when we got that in, and I was looking at it and looking at it. And if I couldn't find it, one of my brothers had it. And we would actually circle the pictures and put our name right next to it. How many did that besides me? Come on. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> that. Wow, what a, and I would be at every moment, but I'd, I'm going to go over and check it and see if it's still there. It's still in the catalog. All right, Santa Claus might bring it. That's when I knew that Santa Claus was mom and dad. So the reality was, is man, I was hoping and hoping and hoping because that's what I wanted. And then when, when my folks gave me things I needed, like new socks, underwear, and a heavy winter coat, man, I was really bummed out. A little upset too. But they knew better what I needed than I did. You see, it's important for us to recognize and understand that this is a powerful passage of scripture for us. That we need to embrace it. And so when he goes on and he says here, God richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. When life comes your way, embrace it as God's plan for you, unless you're a knucklehead. 
And then if you're feeling terrible and you got all the terrible consequences, go, thanks, Lord, for the guilt. Thanks, Lord, for me figuring out that was a knucklehead. I'm not doing that again. That's the whole point of guilt. It's like sticking your finger on the burner in your kitchen. You only do that once, right? I'm hoping no one will say, not me. I'll continue to do that. No, you only need, you only need to, to do that once, right? Okay? One of my sons, I won't say who. And it's not Ryan. So now it's a 50-50. It's a 50-50 now. He stuck a knife in an electrical outlet. I'll tell you what, it was a plastic handled knife thing. Or it was a key. It's a key. Plastic coated key. And I'm telling you what, boom, as you can tell. And he was like wider than a sheet. And boom, he was. And you know what? He never even went by that receptacle. <laughs> I mean, there's something in there, Dad. He only happened to happen to him once. Oh, why wouldn't we do a knuckleheaded thing that we go, oh, well, that was stupid, but you go do it again? Come on. I think it's an adult thing. Kids get it figured out only once. Adults have to do it over and over again. I don't know what happens. The key is this, so important. When we recognize, brethren, when God makes a promise, he's going to deliver on that. And he delivers every single day. Should you praise God that you're breathing? Should you praise God that you have opportunity to, to hug on and tell the people you love, you'll love them. Boy, do that. Please do that because you don't know about tomorrow. So important. That you can help others because when you help others, God's built it into us that we get the pleasure out of helping others. What does it say there? It says... Instruct them to do good, be rich in good works, to be generous, ready to share. And what is all going to happen there? You're storing up. What? You're storing up treasures, it says, of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. You know what I have found? I found the scriptures are true. When you do what the scriptures say, the blessings come and they can come almost immediately. Let's look at point number two. This is really the big point here. And I want you to go and look this up and think about it and apply it to your life. Go to the book of, of Psalms 37. Enjoying and experiencing the promises and the provisions for today. Psalms 37, verses 1 through 6. You know, all this fake news and all the scary stuff on the news. Man, I don't even watch the news anymore. It's not worth it, you know? I don't know about you. You watch the news and you get discouraged like... You know, life is just not good anymore. And that's a terrible place to be, and that's where the devil wants you to be. But you know what? I really have invested myself more in enjoying time with people. And uh, we, whether mask or maskless, either one, uh, I prefer it without the mask. But look at Psalms 37, verses 1 through 6. Listen for the promise. The promises and the beautiful provisions. Do not fret because of evildoers. Do not envy those, uh, do not be envious towards wrongdoers, for they'll quickly, they'll wither and quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Now here's where the promises come in. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he'll do it. He'll bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. 
Now notice I got in your little lesson plan there, I got a few numbers here, and I want you to take a look at these. Okay, he first says, trust me. Trust me. I promise if you trust me, good things are coming your way. Look at the second one. Trust me, he says, but he also says, do good. You do good. This is in this passage. You do good to people. Trust me, you do good to people, and good things are coming your way. He says, be faithful. What does that look like, being faithful? Being faithful to God? Oh yeah, absolutely being faithful to God. But you know what? God allows me to show faithfulness to him by being faithful to Sharon, to being faithful to my boys, to being faithful to you, to being faithful with others who are not yet Christians. He's allowed me the opportunity to be faithful. You be faithful. A man or a woman who is impeccable in being trustworthy. Look at the next one there. Delight yourself in the Lord. What does that mean to delight yourself in the Lord? I gotta go to church again. Well, that's not delighting yourself in the Lord. Oh, I gotta read every day. I hate Psalms 1. <laughs> that's not delighting yourself in the Lord. Okay. Oh, by the way, Psalms chapter 1 has a great promise. Also, great promise. So get Psalms 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. Or, you know, you could just go right down the line. Delight yourself in the Lord means get excited about being able to participate with him and in his family. Be excited about that. And invest yourself. Put others before yourself. Isn't that the mindset of Christ? Jeff has been preaching that on Sunday morning during a Bible class, and I appreciate those lessons. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who did not consider himself first place as God, but he humbled himself and he sacrificed himself for every one of us. Be that person. So delight yourself in the Lord and then commit your ways to him. Do you commit your day to him? This is, this is the day that you gave me, Lord, and I want to do the very best for you today. Wouldn't it be great if you got up every morning? And you read a Bible verse or two and he said, you know what, this is the day you gave to me, Lord, and I'm gonna do my very best for you today. Teach me what you want me to know to be the very best for you today. And then when you read, then he's gonna actually tell you how to be the very best for him. If you go into the reading with that mindset, you're listening for the answer, aren't you? By the way, that's a powerful comprehension, comprehension technique. Ask some questions before you read. And then read to find those answers. And God will give you those answers. And then take a look at his provision. If you delight yourself in the Lord, if you trust in him and you do good and you're faithful, if you commit your ways to him, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. That's the first one of his provision. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. And I've told the story over and over again, and I'm not going to say it again, but uh, Sharon is the, one of the greatest answers to uh, a promise that God has given to me. And so manifest his righteous nature in you. He's going he's gonna to manifest himself in you. Have you ever noticed that people either really loved Jesus or really hated him? There was no middle ground. It's great when people really love you and are willing to come alongside and work with you and help you, trust you. But you know what? It's okay when people hate you too because it manifests 
who you are as you watch who they are. Because there's some folks that really hate my guts. But you know what? They're living on the wild side and they hate not only me, but themselves and a lot of people in their lives. And so, brethren, it's important for us to recognize the blessings that will come. By the way, when you make a choice in following God, he'll vindicate that choice. He's going to show that that was the right choice for you and he's going to bless you in every area of your life and you're going to enjoy the things he gives you. Now look at the last passage there. Proverbs and chapter uh, 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And this is a passage that I've embraced. And I've worked hard uh, to embrace this passage. It's pretty amazing. The, the, the countless promises and the countless blessings uh, from this passage of scripture. Verse 24, there is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. There's one who withholds what is justly due and yet it results only in want. The same thought in verse 25, the generous man will be prosperous and he who waters will water himself. The promise is if you will be a person that will give and care and share for others, God's going to take care of you. Read Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 on your own time. Reading on it says, verse 26, he who withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. He, will dil he who diligently seeks good seeks favor, but he who seeks evil, evil will come to him. In other words, if you work hard at being good, favor will come your way. It will come your way. But those who are evil and selfish, well, nothing good's gonna come your way. And if it does, it's gonna rot. Look at verse 28. He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. He who troubles his own house will inherit wind and the foolish will be servant to the wise hearted. I love verse 30 and 31. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who is wise wins souls. If the righteous will be rewarded in the earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner. Now, did you hear verse 31? Did you hear verse 31? Let's read that once again, the very first part. Do you believe that? Here's what it says. If the righteous will be rewarded, or if the righteous will be rewarded in earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner? God promises that you're going to be rewarded now. Not someday beyond the azure blue. That's how God works. Now, if you take a look at that list there, his promise be generous in giving. Be diligently seeking good. And all these things will be added to you. That Your righteousness will flourish. That you'll be blessed as you bless. The righteous will be fruitful. The righteous will be rewarded in this life. I don't know about you, brethren, but it's pretty amazing what ends up happening when you put other people first. When you put other people first. Instead of saying everything about you and what you want and who you are and all that stuff, you just listen to other people and then you help them where they need help. The blessing comes. You know, Jesus wanted a beautiful bride. He desired a beautiful bride. He had been thinking about her from the days of eternity past. Did you know that? The Bible says that Jesus saw his beautiful bride and he knew that he had to come to this earth to win her by sacrificing himself. Did you know that? Read your Bible. 
He knew you before the foundation of the world. He desired you. And you know what it says in the scripture? You are his heart's delight. As the bride of Christ, how are you doing? Are you trusting your husband? And are you listening to his promises and following through so that he can bless you? Though all men be a liar, God is true. His promises, he will not fail. And when he says something, he will not lie. So when you read the scriptures each morning, listen to the promise. And there's a lot of them, the promises that God will grant to you. If you hang on to self, the promises can never be yours. When you humble yourself and allow God to have control and reign in your life, then the blessings will come. Brethren, my, my prayer is, is that you'll experience the huge and amazing blessings today that can be yours today if you'll follow through on his promises. Now, next week is Resurrection Day. There's gonna be a lot of folks here. I've already heard there's some folks that are coming. In your Resurrection Day, usually more people come to assembly. And that's fantastic. That's awesome. I'm glad they're coming. And we're gonna talk about the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. This world is filled with nastiness. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Okay. But guess what? Heaven is waiting for us. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard. The amazing things that God has for those who love him. And so I'm going to be talking about that next week. Our hope to come. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for the rich blessing of the hope that we have in your son, Jesus Christ. We can trust you perfectly, completely, because what you've done in the past, you followed through on every promise. And Father, we can experience that in our lives, just as Abraham, Moses, and Noah, and the many other faithfuls in the Old Testament put their hope in you, their trust in you, and they were richly blessed. We can experience that even today as we will humble ourselves, embrace your word and the promises given, and knowing that the blessings will come. And this is so important, so that we'll persevere in the tough times ahead, so that we'll attain to the resurrection unto life eternal. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may stand, and let's get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings, king of kings. All right, let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.